Welcome back to the Successful Diligence Podcast. I am so grateful that you are back for another episode. Please do take note that all opinions and recommendations and encouragements that are shared on this podcast are my personal opinion or the opinion of the guests that I have on. It is not to be taken as medical or mental health advice. Please do consult your medical professional or your mental health professional with any questions or changes that you would like to make regarding your own personal situation. Welcome back to the Successful Diligence Podcast. I am so excited you are back for another episode. This is another installment of the Generations Talk, part of the Collab Corner. This is a series that I am just really loving. The Generations Talk is Gen X, which is me, and Millennials. I'm looking for some Gen Zers. So if you know a good articulate Gen Zer, send them my way. But right now I've got Millennials on, on, the, uh, on the up and up. And we are talking about all things between the two generations and getting different perspectives, which is really, really helpful in terms of transferring wisdom from and to both generations and learning and growing from each other because that's what life is about, is gleaning, implementing, learning, growing, and stretching, right? So today I have back with me a podcast favorite. She has one of the highest listened to episodes on the show, Miss Mariah Little. <laughs> she is a 2019 graduate of Ithaca College's musical theater program and she holds a bachelor of fine arts degree and her recent theater credits include the color purple national tour where she uh just blossomed in the role of Seely, and the whiz where she was also amazing in dorothy at the virginia repertory theater she is the creator and co-host of the christian-based podcast called plug in which is available on all streaming platforms and some of Mariah's favorite pastimes include watching copious amounts of Netflix, holla holla back, one of my favorite pastimes too, <laughs> and eating tons of pescatarian friendly meals, bonus if they're Mexican, health and, health and body mindfulness, and going on any and all adventures that come about and present themselves. She recently became the CEO of The Little Things, which is an independent jewelry business where she sells quality low-cost jewelry by way of paparazzi accessories hashtag most of their items are five dollars to twenty five dollars hello <laughs> and there's more information that you can learn about mariah at her website mariah little l-y-t-t-l-e.com the link will be in the show notes of course so you can click and go as i always do for you mariah welcome back and welcome to the collab corner the generations talk thank you so much for having me again i'm excited I am super excited to chat with you, not only because I just love talking with you, right? Because you're an amazing person, but also because I know you have so much value to offer my audience of all ages, right? Because I've got a lot of millennials that listen to me. I've also got a lot of Gen Xers. I've even got some boomers. Shout out to the boomers out there. And I think my grandparents listen, so I don't know what their generation is called, but they're a hundred. So <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Papa if you're listening. Yes. 
So Mariah, for those who did not listen to the um, previous episode that you were on, I think it was 414 or 413. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, Tell us a little bit about how you got into theater and then how COVID, the pandemic, impacted your career and kind of where you are now. Yeah. So I like to call my journey a happy accident. When I was in high school, I went to performing arts high school, which I actually teach at now. Funny how the world works, how God works. Um, But I went in looking for an outlet to sing. And to my knowledge, which was wrong, but to my knowledge, musical theater was the only place that I could do that. Come to find out there was an actual like instrumentalist group and I could like do vocal training, but I didn't know that. So I jumped into musical theater um, and I started doing productions there. And the the second semester of my freshman year, I was cast as a lead um, in the show Ragtime. And that moment I was like, okay, I think I think theater is what I want to do for the rest of my life. The pretty big decision to make at 13 years old, but I made it and I stuck by it. So um, all throughout high school and college, I studied musical theater and kept um, perfecting my craft or honing in on my craft. And um, the day after graduation, I started working professionally and I went to Virginia Repertory Theater to do The Wiz for the summer. Um, And a month after that, I got uh, the amazing opportunity to play Seely in the second national tour of the Color Purple Revival. Um, and unfortunately that production was cut short because of COVID. Um, but I, I cherish the moments that I have so far and I look forward to the moments that I'm going to have in the future. Um, and a lot, of the, a lot of the growth that I have had has been during this time. So um, for me, I speak from a place of privilege to say that I've been able to grow and, and learn, learn more about myself during this time in a time of grief and a time of um, anxiety and fear. I've been able to have quite the opposite effect and really just flourish. So that's my, <laughs> that's my story and I'm sticking to it. In a nutshell, in a nutshell. There's a, a nutshell. couple of things I want to unpack because of the language that you use. The first thing I want to say is that it's amazing how things that we desire and that we want come to pass really quickly. And I love that you were able to appreciate it in the moment, um, as well as in hindsight, right? Because life is like a river. It keeps on flowing and we never touch the same time twice. Like once you pass through something, it's gone. So appreciating it in the moment, being present, being mindful, is a practice that's really helpful to, I think, experience the fullness of your life and who you are. So I love the fact that you tapped into that. And you mentioned a word that struck out at me as something that is very loud and present in our current culture here in America. And that is the word privilege. Mm -hmm. And you being a brown person, right? Because not all black people come from the same heritage not all black people or brown people who look like they're black Americans are actually African Americans or black Americans, right? So you haven't shared with us your heritage. I happen to know it, but (laughs) being a brown person, right? Here in America, and there's a lot of racial discussion, we'll call it, right? And a lot of things happening and bubbling. And the word privilege is thrown around a lot. So when you said you were privileged, right? To experience, Talk to me more about that word and why you chose to use that word to describe your experience. Um, so privilege, <laughs> it's, it's a 
a hefty word and thank you for allowing the opportunity to expand on it. I think for me specifically in this time of COVID where something as large as this illness is affecting everybody in every country in this world, I haven't had any loss. I haven't had any grief directly to me. And I consider that to be a privilege when so many people are grieving right now. So many people are affected um, by this uh, situation, by this pandemic. And yes, I lost my job. Yes, you know, I haven't been able to do the one thing that the one thing that brings me joy. Um, but I'm still alive, and I'm still, you know, trucking through, and I'm still finding ways to, um, again, hone in on my craft that maybe I wouldn't I wouldn't have been privy to had I just stayed on tour. Had I, you know, what I mean. So a lot of people don't have that access to joy right now and for me i can say that i'm privileged in that aspect and the word privilege is so it's it's such a dual it's a two-edged sword right because when we the first thing that i think about when i say privilege is that of the racial aspect and um with all that's been going on primarily within the last year i would always say well i'm not privileged because i'm black and <laughs> In that aspect, sure, life isn't really in my favor when it comes to race, but in things like COVID, I do have the privilege to say that I'm privileged. So that's that's me in a nutshell in terms of privilege. Yeah, you know, I think of, because I'm privileged and I, and I recognize the privilege that I have um, just based on class system that I grew up in, even though I was, I was, in a different class system than the rest of my family, I still had access, right? So I, I was privileged to have access. I also am a lighter skinned person. And so walking the world and navigating systems is a little bit easier for me. And so I recognize that privilege as well. I'm also educated. So I have access to other things that people who are uneducated may not even think of or know of, right? So I understand my privilege as well. And you know, I've used the word access, what, two, three times now. <laughs> and so I think for me, privilege is access, right? And mm -hmm. and navigating different systems and people and things in the world with access without barriers, right? Mm -hmm. And so I love that you were able to recognize, yes, you know, I haven't lost, you know, personally, as many people have. I haven't experienced trauma to the degree that other people have. Now losing your career and having to shift and pivot can be traumatic. You honor the grief that 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 walks with that. And I love that, but recognizing it's like the, like you said, the dual coin, you're carrying the quarter, you got the head of the privilege, but you got the, the tail of the grief and all of the other stuff that comes with it. So, and that's life, right? That's just life. But a lot of people a lot of people, I think, also entangle the word, the word entitled mm. with privilege, which are two different things, at least for me. So many people who are in the boomer, Gen Xer, and I, I, is it the silver? I don't know what generation that older oh, one no, is. My grandparents. <laughs> but they use the word entitled to describe millennials. Why do you think that is? And what does entitled mean to you? Oof. Wow. Um, you know, <laughs> cool, to be honest, I really haven't, I've never really separated the two, entitlement and privilege. Mm. So now that you ask, it's it's making me think a little bit. I feel like um, because of the way that the world has shifted, especially in terms of like technology and again, that word access to be familiar with uh, more modernized uh, approaches to life. I think that the way that we work with that, the way that we are privy to that, 
might, and I don't know if this is true, but I can understand why some people might sense that that might mean that we're a little bit more entitled because we can move with the world a little bit faster and we can connect with the world a little bit faster than those of an older generation might be able to. Um, I, I, I don't know what else though, you know? <laughs> that could, I, Cause that, I mean, I, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely, and I threw that on you. I didn't. We don't. And and just so you all know, if you're if you're watching and listening, th this is a very unscripted conversation, which most of my conversations are. By the way, if you listen to the podcast, I typically do not send the questions ahead of time. It sort of comes up naturally for conversation because that's where the richness I think comes from. And you know, entitled for me at least is very different than being privileged, right? And entitlement for me, I see a lot more in older adults, right? And those who are in power right now in terms of governmental systems and in charge of different systems and agencies and all of that sort of thing. And I recognize for me, at least that entitlement is more of a posture and an attitude, um, right? Mm -hmm. um, where I deserve this, this is my right and it's gonna be mine no matter, you know, come hella high water, what everyone else thinks which is different than privilege to me, which is the access and having that intrinsic access to something. And I think that when people, I think you're right, you know, millennials are, are you've grown up with technology, you've grown up with a lot um, that you haven't had to earn yeah. in terms of just stuff, <laughs> you know, materialistic things and even just systems and access and ways of doing things. And like, I remember when there was no computer, when there was no internet, you know, you have always known an internet. <laughs> You've always it known might have been AOL. It might have been AOL, but it was still internet. <laughs> it was dial-up, but it got there, right? It took a minute. Um, but it's a very different world. And I think that you all have skill sets because of that, that I wouldn't classify as entitlement necessarily, but almost necessity to navigate the future of where we're going as a society and as a global you know, human race. Yeah. And so it's different for me in that subtlety. Um, so it's definitely an interesting concept to, to think about entitlement yeah. versus privilege and all of that. And the conversation can go down a deep rabbit hole, which of course we don't have time for today. But <laughs> I also wanted to sort of shift a little bit and get into the relationship aspect, because I know for my generation, Generation X, we were the latchkey kids. We sort of did what we wanted to do. We were very social but we didn't have all the technology that you all have, right? And so the way that we navigated friendships and got to know people and hung out and, and developed friendships and relationships is very different than how the millennials of today, especially in the COVID era, are mm -hmm. navigating those relationships and, and, and all of that. So talk to me about how that has been pre-COVID and how COVID has changed that, the pandemic and how that you know, talk to me about all that. <laughs> yeah. um, Pre-COVID, you know, technology is, again, another double-edged sword because while it is a great uh, asset to have um, in terms of being able to connect to people near and far, um, sometimes it's hindering because we get stuck to these devices. Right now, mm -hmm. currently, I'm on, a, I'm on a social media fast. I gave it up for Lent um, because I recognized how much I was on my phone, how in tune with the cyber world I was and how out of tune I was with the outer world and with things that were happening down the hall from me, across the street from me, in my classroom, because I was always on my phone. And while it's been great to make relationships 
I'll say this. Pre-COVID, we had the opportunity to do both. We had the opportunity, even though we didn't really embark on it, to make those make those um, excuse me those relationships in person um, and through the internet and you know all that the cyber world has to offer. Now with COVID, all we have is the internet and the cyber world, and it can be pretty daunting because now, for me at least, I recognize how many opportunities I had to reach out to people in person, to meet up with people in person, to have lunch with somebody in person. And that's gone. And I don't know when it's coming back. And oh, it, it, it's hard because the idea of human connection and the human touch has been drifting since technology has advanced. Um, but right now it's not a thing. It's, it's not a thing. And you never know, it's so cliche, but you never know what you need until it's gone. <laughs> you never know how much you need something until it's gone. And um, I think that speaks volumes for my generation specifically, but I think for everyone in general, but my, my generation is like attached to Instagram and, and Facebook. And it's in another sense detrimental because we expect our lives to model what we see on Instagram and on Facebook and whatnot. And not only can we try to achieve that in person and you know like go out and like buy things to look like the people on Instagram we can't do that now we can we have to be in in our closed corridors and and, and be who we are and with you know no access to anything else but what we have and that's a lot for some people to take in especially when all they've known is the outer world or having the opportunity to be in the outer world I'm pointing at my phone this is why I keep looking up this way but <laughs> in the outer world and in the cyber world so it's it's challenging um to adapt to technology as a as a blessing and a curse yeah yeah no definitely and you know it's interesting that you you brought the concept of the two worlds because the online world is very real yeah and it's just as real as the tangible world, the outside world, as you called it, right? Because you can have, and I, there's there's been studies and there's people that live in the online world. They get avatars, they're like, that is their life in the online world. And they're not living in a tangible um, outside world where the sun is and there's parks and there's, you know, like the, the, the people out the outside. Cool. That, outside the uh the interwebs and so it's interesting because you know we watch these sci-fi movies and we see it and we don't think that that's actually occurring but it's actually here which is fascinating to me it's very true it's like a live episode of black mirror i don't know if you watch black <laughs> mirror but oh man i think about it all the time how again how detrimental it is to us um while it was there to aid us while it was made to aid us it's actually hindering us in us in a way and scary to watch that happen in real time so how do you think it's impacting the millennial generation just uh, your this is just your opinion this is not speaking for every millennial this is just mariah little's opinion on this this concept mm -hmm. do you think it's having well you said it's having a negative effect as well as, as, as some positive so how is it impacting the millennial and, and gen z generation um in a way that's different than how the boomers and the Gen Xers have experienced the world. Like, like, how do you break that down? I think, I think for overall, the the reasons why we use technology inter, uh, between the two generations are very different, and I think that's where the disconnect for my generation is. Is that um, again, like I said before, we kind of. <laughs> For me, again, this is the reason why I had to get off of social media is because I found myself wanting to be like these people whose lives I don't even know. Um, and 
while I think that their life is all good and, and they have everything that they want, I don't know what their personal life is actually like. And if, if I see, if I am sitting there and wanting to be like, say Kim Kardashian, as an example, I know for a fact that her prom life is not like what she displays on Instagram. Like I know for a fact it has, to, it cannot be the same thing. It cannot be, no, no one would be interested, number one. And I don't think she would be comfortable showing all of that information. But right. people post the highlight reels. Exactly, exactly. And we get so in tune with the highlight reels that we forget that people have real lives and not everything is sunny and sweet in, in, in real life. And I think we get lost in that. And I don't know, I, I can't speak to it because I'm not in the in the um, the older generations, but I don't think that's the same reason why you why um people from those generations would use the internet, you know. I think that they have such there's there's an innocence, honestly, with it for a lot of people in the older generations because they just want to use it to connect um while we are unfortunately using it to disconnect. Not intentionally, but that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a disconnection, I think, that happens with the connection of, of online um, interfaces. But I think also one thing that the Xers and boomers and the older generations have as a privilege almost, right, and an extra added tool is that we learned how to navigate a lot of those negative life experiences and coping skills and coping mechanisms that the millennials and Gen Zers are not having the um, opportunity to yeah. develop. And that's why I think the suicide rate is so much higher, especially recently, because those coping skills and those realistic framework, it's almost like putting on glasses, right? And there's a realism that is lost in the online world yeah. that, especially with the pandemic, because you cannot go out into the, the tangible world, all you have is the online world, but it's not, it's not um, representative of reality in all of its dimensions, right? So it's only one, it's one dimensional, not three dimensional, like the real world is. And so I think that that's a disservice to the millennials and the Gen Zers because those coping skills and those emotional tools that we have in our toolkit box, the boomers and the Gen Xers, you all don't have that unless you have someone to help you navigate and develop those. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what should be. It should be what bridges the gaps between generations is that experience and lack of experience for my generation. You can always learn something from the older generations and vice versa, really, with all that we know about the modern world, those from the older generations can learn from us. But I think it's so vital to learn from the older generations and, and take not and not take what they have um, in store for granted. So or dismiss it. And, I, and, and you're right. Like I learn about adaptability and versatility and moving quicker because sometimes when you wait and you sit, you miss. <laughs> That's one thing I've learned is you got to take, take the opportunity by the bullhorns and, and just keep on walking and just go with it, whether, no matter what your feelings are, um, you all are extremely adaptable and innovative and creative. I mean, it's amazing the things that are developed and the things that you all come up with and new languages with the slang and the whole thing. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's really creative as long as it stays on that, that usefulness path, right? I think it gets misdirected when it becomes non-useful or maladaptive. So I completely agree. I completely agree. Oh, this has been such a good conversation. I, I, I could talk to Mariah forever, like, and we will because we're both Christians. So we will be talking into eternity. <laughs> um, so I love it. 
tell us a little bit about your podcast and what you all talk about on, on the podcast. Sure. So uh, this podcast, it's the name is Plug In. It started off as a Bible study. Uh, I started it about two months into quarantine and I was at a really low place. Um, and I said to myself, I am not talking to God enough. I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian for 22 years at that time. Um, so now 23 years because it was only last year. <laughs> um, and I know who God is. I know, I know how he moves in my life, but it's like one of those things where you go to church every Sunday, but you don't take anything home. And which I think a lot of people won't admit to, but I think that's a lot of people's stories. I know it was my story. Um, and I was like, well, what's the point? If I'm gonna go to church, I need to take in what, what truth is offered to me and apply that to my life. Um, and so I started a Bible study with my friends and uh, we were one, one session in and we were like, you know, maybe we could make this a podcast. And at first I was like, I don't really know, because at that time, and honestly a little bit now too, not so much as before, but I just didn't like talking <laughs> um, on a public platform, which is so funny that I'm doing it right now, but <laughs> I just, I feared that whatever I was going to say wasn't going to be valued enough or wasn't going to be right or anything, especially with the word, like you have to make sure that everything you say is um, backed up with the word of God and you don't want to mis mispronounce or missay anything um, over anyone's life in that capacity. So it was a very uh, touchy subject to walk into, but I, I prayed about it and I was like, somebody needs to hear this. If not, if not anyone else but me, I need to hear it and I need to have that sense of community within my generation because um, I think our, our overall situation is that we kind of think that we can get through life on our own. And that's what, what, that was my problem was that I thought I could get through life in quarantine on my own. And two months in, I realized that that wasn't going to happen for me. <laughs> so we made the podcast and we just concluded our second season a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, excuse me, um, and are gearing up for our third season. Our um, overarching theme is colliding culture with Jesus, colliding the modern day um, Gen Z millennial culture with that of Christ, um, finding truth in the word, finding truth in our lives directed from the word, following God and having that vision from him and allowing him to guide our footsteps so that everything that we do is in alignment with what he has for us. It's scary for someone like me who loves to be in control or at least know everything. If I'm not in control, I wanna know how, what's happening so that I have the option to bow out if I want to or not. And I think for me in this season and what I'm learning from this podcast and which is why I'm so glad that I have four other women um, who are kind of in the same place as me is that I'm not gonna know everything and that's okay because there is someone who does. And me knowing everything, I'm probably, I'm probably would not be able to handle all of that stress, but that's okay because there is someone who can handle all that stress. There is someone who can take on all of the burdens and the anxieties, you know? So I think if anything, it's a relief to have God in, in our lives because he makes it just that much easier for us. But he also reminds us, and this is all something, these are all things that I've been learning as I've been doing the podcast and, you know, now paying attention in church and actually applying the things I'm learning in church <laughs> as opposed to just going and not taking anything away. But um, in addition to making our lives easier, he doesn't he doesn't give us those those struggles and challenges for no reason. He and he makes sure that we he makes sure that we are um, 
equipped and ready for those situations and not not in the way that we have to fight it on our own but knowing that we're going to get through it because he's there so it might look a little cloudy today it might look a little hard it might be a little you know frantic and frenzied but you're going to make it through because god is you know i think that's so powerful about relinquishing control and that's part of humility right is understanding that there is a god who is larger than us, who knows yeah. more than us and is actually in control, regardless of whether we think we're in control or not, right? And that is a process, I think, of coming of age um, that happens when we submit and we learn submission and humility. So um, I am just encouraging everyone who's watching and listening to go check out the Plug In podcast. It's on most po podcast platforms. There'll be a link in the show notes for you. And um, I just love that because I think that helps to add to the toolkit for millennials and Gen Zers to develop those skill sets that are needed psychologically, emotionally, and mentally, right? Absolutely. And I run on just a little plug here for me is every night on Clubhouse, if you are on Clubhouse, I run, I co-moderate a Bible reading room where we actually simply show up and we read the Bible. We do no commentary everyone on stage reads a chapter of the Bible and we're in, we just ended Luke. So we're starting John tonight and it's literally chapter by chapter. And I've always wanted to read the Bible cover to cover and I was never able to do it by myself. <laughs> and so this room has helped me because I show up and I read and I listen and I read and I listen and I read. And it's amazing what's actually in the Bible, not what people say is in the Bible, but what's actually there and knowing it for yourself helps to make it true and real. And I think like you were saying, you're not just listening and absorbing, you're actually learning and incorporating it so you can implement it in your life, which is where it's most effective, right? So Absolutely. I just love that, Mariah. So what are some last thoughts, some last, you know, things that you really want the audience to walk away from the conversation with? In terms of generations and the generational gap, I'm just really happy to be in a place where I can um, learn from other generations and, and, and value their experience and make it applicable to my own life. And I think that is something that our generation um, should do and should be proud of doing um, because it's the same in the, in the opposite direction. The older generations can always learn something from us too. And I think that's what brings us together is that unity of being able to learn from different experiences across the board. So very well said. And I am just so grateful that we were able to have this conversation because I know your schedule's busy, mine not so much, but I just love when I can get onto a millennial schedule and get in their calendar. So thank you so much for coming on. I know that my audience has benefited from this conversation. It's been value packed and listeners go back and listen because there were some really good wisdom gems and, and wisdom bombs that were dropped that if you, if you re-listen, I think it'll sink in. Um, so Mariah, thank you so much for your time, your generosity of, of blessing the world with your gift, not just the singing gift, but the gift of who you are. It's, it's a real blessing. And I'm just so glad to be connected and to know you. So I look forward to our next conversation, um, but thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. And listeners, as I always say, keep walking, always, always keep walking, never stop walking, because if you continue to walk, you will reach your destiny, you will reach your destination. And on the journey, I encourage you to always, always choose gratitude. As you know, 
every single episode, I end with my encouragement for you to choose gratitude on your journey as you keep walking. But have you ever asked yourself, that's great, Michelle, but how do I do that? How do I implement gratitude? How do I choose gratitude? It's not easy living this life. And sometimes I don't feel very grateful. How do I incorporate gratitude into my daily life? Well, I've got you covered. Just for you, I have a Gateway to Gratitude mini course in the Successful Diligence School. There is a link in the show notes as well as a coupon code just for podcast listeners where you get 50% off. So head to the link in the show notes or SuccessfulDiligence.com and click the school tab on the website. It will take you to the school and you can see the Gateway to Gratitude course, which walks you through how to implement gratitude into your daily life. Trust me, gratitude and gratefulness when implemented effectively will change your life.